0: Every team, every topic, everywhere this is believe. Hey, what up? What up? What up? It's your boy Reggie Watkins. You're listening to I'm probably right. My man Kevin Cleveland is running the boards, producing, engineering the show. What up, Kevin? Yo, Reggie, how's it going, man? I'm good, man. Thank you for doing this. Appreciate you. And thank you for listening. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment but don't be hating. It's all love here, baby. This week, breaking news. It just happened this morning, right? Cam Newton released by the New England Patriots. We're going to talk about black quarterbacks in the NFL and uh, Ben Simmons not wanting to be with the Sixers anymore and Bishop Sycamore. But first up, Kevin, the Cam Newton experience is over. Is over. It's over in New England. Uh, This morning, the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick released Cameron Newton in favor of, uh, one, Mac Jones being the starter for the Patriots. Uh, Mac Jones, the 15th overall pick in this year's NFL draft out of Alabama, who had an amazing—I mean, yo— as much as I talk about uh, Mac Jones, and I did, I, I did not want him with the Niners, I didn't think he was bad. I just didn't think he was a top five NFL pick because he was. There was things he could not do. Right? I mean, he could throw the ball like hell. He had a he had a dope arm, accurate, through to people who were wide ass open at Alabama. But um, he ran slower than molasses. And that was one thing that I did not agree with, somebody drafting that high up, taking somebody in a league where the pass rushers run way faster than Molasses, having a quarterback who can't run that fast, right? So you want somebody who can maneuver around the pocket and get out of things, right? And Mac Jones was not that guy. But at the 15th pick, the New England Patriots were waiting, and they had just spent 20 years basically playing with a dude who was slower than Molasses. So Mac Jones fit right the hell in. Perfect fit for him. However, there was a problem. Cam Newton was here. Cam Newton, who came to the Patriots last year, you know, after the pandemic, after being released from the Panthers, where he had been the MVP, had taken the team to the Super Super Bowl, at one point was considered the best player in football, voted that by his peers. He comes to the New England Patriots on a, uh, I think he was on a one-year deal. One-year deal, gets there. And before COVID, I mean, the first hell first three games of the season, he was balling out. He looked really good for the Patriots. Then he got COVID and came back. And I mean, he even said to himself, he just didn't feel the same and he didn't look the same. The team just didn't look as well. And he didn't look he didn't look great and just wasn't a great year. Given also, the Patriots had a lot of people opt out. He basically had no weapons. Uh, the deep half the defense was gone. Hell, Tom Brady decided to leave the Patriots because the cup cupboard was so bare, right? So Cam was asked to come there and make <laughs> make wine out of water, and uh, you know he he, he came and, and it wasn't that great. wasn't so great that they had to go ahead and draft Mac Jones with the 15th pick because the Patriots thought they needed a quarterback for the future. So they hold this this. Uh, This competition, basically, for the camp, right? They're saying, okay, Cam is the starter, but Mac Jones is going to get the chance to compete. We're going to see what's going on, right? And the first preseason game happens. Uh, Cam looks okay. I think he has, like, two series, basically, two series to throw the ball. And Mac Jones plays the second and basically half the third quarter. And he looks good. He throws the ball well, has some nice accuracy, Uh, doesn't look like he has too much arm strength, but but looks okay. Um, No running. Uh, But... He looks like he can play in the NFL, which he should. I mean, hell, he threw for like four thousand yards, forty-one touchdowns, four interceptions at in Alabama. He's got to be able to do something. Second game comes and Cam looks lights out. He plays uh, basically just a couple of series, goes eight for nine with a touchdown and just a hundred fifty-three passer rate, and just looks like a beast. Mac Jones looks good in that game as well, um, but then Cam Newton, who is unvaccinated did you know that kevin he is unvaccinated not surprised then he got sick then yes cam newton is unvaccinated well he did not well we don't know if he got sick what happened was he did not follow the covid protocols with getting tested outside of the facility which is what you have to do when you are not a vaccinated player which is part of the whole deal that teams are having to deal with right now with t- players who are not vaccinated So they're still being held to the same rules that happened in 2020 when we did not have a vaccine. Now we do have a vaccine. We still have players who don't want to be vaccinated. They have to deal with the 2020 rules. And if you don't follow them to a T, the teams get penalized. And such things happen to players like Cam Newton, where he did not get tested right. So he had to sit out for five days. And in those five days, Mac Jones got to run with the first team during joint practices with the New York Giants. And supposedly, and, and this was crazy, because what was happening was I kept hearing all these reports about, how uh, Mac Jones was looking in practice. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm feeling like Allen Iverson. We talking about practice, man? Practice? not, 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 Not the games, but we talking about practice. Mac Jones is completing balls in practice. That's what he's supposed to do. But apparently he went out there and he threw like 18 straight completions, which, yo, 18 straight completions versus the air in shorts is hard to do. You doing that against defenses and and people moving and and, and helmets cracking, yo, that's that's pretty impressive. So I give him kudos for that. And then they said he went uh, well, I think he went 35 or 40, 35 on 40 pass attempts. That right there put him right at the level of Cam Newton, right? And if you were coaching staff, you're sitting there saying, okay, we got this veteran, 32 years old. Cam is, you know, he's 32. He ain't, oh, I mean, hell, Tom Brady is what, 44, 43? Cam Newton is, is 32 years old, but we just drafted this dude with the 15th overall pick, and he looks like he might be able to do the damn thing. So do we keep Cam Newton, who is unvaccinated, and have we, if we have him starting, maybe he gets COVID at some point, and maybe he infects the rest of the team, and we got to shut down, or we're going to be penalized for losing game and lose a damn game, or do we go with the backup who... From all accounts, is vaccinated and looks really well in this preseason. This is a no brainer. I mean, he had to go, and and it's it's starting to show. These teams are not going to stand for it. And I had people talk to me yesterday about it, asking me, "Well, isn't Lamar Jackson unvaccinated?" Yeah. Well, you're making the the the, the mistake of comparing Lamar Jackson. <laughs> To Cam Newton. Lamar Jackson is the Ravens. So they're going to live and die right now with this dude not wanting to be vaccinated. But Cam Newton, they just drafted your replacement, dog. Like, what are, what are you doing? Only thing I could think of is Cam Newton just don't want to play football no more. Because no team is going to sign this dude right now knowing that he's unvaccinated and not willing to get the thing done. Now, what, what are we going to do? We're going to bring him in here and have the same thing just happen with the Patriots with us? Nah, no, dog. It's, it's a wrap. I, I can't I can't see it happening unless some things change in the way that he gets down with getting the jab. Now going forward, the Patriots. What do we expect for them? I do not foresee because even in this last game, this last preseason game, when Cam started uh, against the Giants, he only threw five. He had five attempts and uh, two completions. That right there. showed showed me what the Patriots are going to do because Mac Jones came in and he got, I think he's, he got 19 attempts in this last game. They gave Mac Jones double the attempts that Cam Newton took all preseason. Why? Because they try to see if this dude could just take the ball and just go. Now I like Mac Jones. I don't love Mac Jones. Mac Jones still got sacked four times in this last game. And what did I say earlier about Trey Lance a couple weeks ago? Four sacks in the preseason, you got. You might as well go ahead and double that. <laughs> double that in the regular season because they're going to send the house at these dudes. They are not showing him what the real defenses that they're running. Right now, the New York Giants are working on what the New York Giants want to work on for their first game of the season. They don't play the Patriots the first game of the season. And if they did, they definitely wouldn't be showing him the defenses he's going to see in the first week of the season. So, Let's pump the brakes a little bit because Mac Jones had a great practice and, you know, he looked good in the preseason. That's all well and good. When the bullets really start flying is what we really going to see. And I don't see the Patriots starting a rookie quarterback, and please do not try to throw him in there with no damn Tom Brady, okay? Just because it's, well, they had Drew Bledsoe. They had a number one pick who was starting at quarterback. He got hurt, and they put in Tom Brady, and the rest was history. Yeah, that's called an outlier. You think the Patriots going to have two outliers? In, in their lifetime, two. They're going to get two quarterbacks that turn into Hall of Famers after replacing the number one overall pick. I don't see it. Now, now, now I, I am a gambling man. I would not gamble on that. So I don't see the Patriots going to the playoffs this year. I mean, I, I know the Bills are the best team in that division. And then you got the Dolphins. And and funny thing is, the Dolphins play the Patriots the first week of the season. And guess who is the starting quarterback for the Dolphins? Tua Tungavaloa. Where'd he go to school? Alabama. Who'd he start over? Mac Jones. We might have a little referendum on who was the better Alabama quarterback and who's the better pro quarterback. Week one of the NFL. Can't wait. So last week we were speaking about famous Jameis being back, Kevin. You remember that? Yes. Talking about Jameis Winston and he won the quarterback competition over Taysom Hill, and um, and even before that, I initially wanted to talk about Tim Tebow last week, but but I, I messed up and I forgot to put it on the damn show. But I said something on Twitter about Tim Tebow, and it it drew a bunch of you know tweets and 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 it went viral per se. Uh, with people commenting. And what I basically said was, I'm not mad at Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow got cut by the Jacksonville Jaguars last week. I'm not mad at Tim Tebow. And when I call him white privilege, which is what I said he should change his name to, white privilege, because he has had more opportunities to show the NFL that he can't play than black quarterbacks get to show that they can. Okay. And I'm not mad at Tim Tebow. When I call him white privilege, that's not a dig at him. It's a dig at the system that would allow him these opportunities and not allow a, a, a black dude the same. Tim Tebow is a beast. Tim Tebow is fearless for putting himself out there to be ridiculed and made fun of because he's not good at quarterback. And then he, he got out there tied in and made a full ass of himself, which takes some damn courage because he knew he wasn't good enough to be playing tied in. Everybody in the NFL knew he wasn't good enough to be playing tight end. And everybody with some damn sense knew he shouldn't be playing tight end. But white privilege allowed Tim Tebow the chance to play tight end at the NFL level when he had never done it before in his life. And so I say that to say because last week we talked about Jameis Winston. And it ties into this whole deal with black quarterbacks in the NFL and the way that they are down talked so much I can't I, I I could not do a show this week and not talk about Jameis Winston and just black quarterbacks as a whole. Because I talked about Jameis Winston on Twitter. I talked about him on the show last week, but on Twitter this this past week, I was saying the fact that Jameis Winston won a starting Job in a competition with Taysom Hill, who has no business being a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, he played four games last year where he he threw the ball okay and and made a couple of uh you know he had one game where he looked okay. The rest he was just terrible. And you've got a number one overall pick in Jameis Winston, who 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 was the rookie of the year, threw for five, led the league in passing yardage, led the NFL. The highest competition level, led it in passing yardage in one season, was second in touchdowns in a season in the NFL. That dude had one year where he led the league in interceptions, and all of a sudden he's trash. That bothers me that he gets labeled as trash, but we've seen other dudes, non-black QBs, lead the league in interceptions, and what happens to them? They're not, hell, Peyton Manning led the NFL at interceptions interceptions his rookie year. Yeah, but people say, oh, but he's Peyton Manning. Yeah, but the only reason we regard him as Peyton Manning now is because after he threw those league leading interceptions and then played well his, his second year and played okay his third year and played not so well his fourth year, nobody was calling for him to have to be restarted. Nobody was cutting Peyton Manning or not re-signing him and saying, hey, we got to start over. No, they gave him the benefit of the doubt. Eli Manning. Eli Manning has led the league in interceptions three times in his career. You never heard about the Giants starting over in the first five years of Eli Manning's career because he was leading the league in interceptions? No. We this league affords people the benefit of the doubt based on who they want to give it to. So for Jameis to have thrown 30 interceptions and I I beg of you go to YouTube, watch the 30 interceptions. People have broken these down. You can watch the 30 interceptions that Jameis Winston threw in 2019. They ain't all his fault. Every interception is not on the quarterback the same way that every touchdown ain't on the quarterback. Sometimes they throw the ball up and the receiver makes a great play. Sometimes the ball gets thrown up, the the DB tips it, receiver catches the damn ball. That's a touchdown for the quarterback. Should have been intercepted. Sometimes things fall the other way. You can even listen to their uh, their receivers. Uh, Godwin. Godwin was saying after the 2019 season when Jameis was let go, yo, pump the brakes, man. It wasn't all his fault for these interceptions. Some of them, and I'll tell you, some of them some of them were me not knowing the damn play. And you could watch the tape and know some of the other receivers didn't run the right routes. I, I watched every interception that Jameis threw of those 30. And I would say 20, I saw 23 of them that, okay, they didn't look like that was any that those interceptions looked like real interceptions because seven of them were tip passes, seven of them were tip. There's 23 interceptions that that you could say okay no tip. These are just thrown balls there, and out of those 23, how many of those were the receiver not running the right route? Right? I mean hell, let's just even let's just say five of them. That's got him at 18, 18 interceptions with 33 touchdowns, 5,000 passing yards but we don't want to go that deep dive and give him the benefit of the doubt of saying, well, it wasn't all on him. We'll just throw it on Jameis. Why? And then he gets released, okay? He gets released by the the Buccaneers. I want you to think about another quarterback who is playing around this same time that Jameis is doing this. There's a guy by the name of Nathan Peterman who's playing up in Buffalo. Nathan Peterman, okay? Okay. Gets drafted by the Buffalo Bills. Comes in, he goes, to, he's from the University of Pittsburgh, okay? Comes to the Buffalo Bills, and he gets to start. He gets to start in his first year. Um, gets to start in his first year in 2017. He throws five interceptions in one game. Five. Has a couple other games where he throws two and three interceptions. right. 2018. They draft Josh Allen. Okay. Draft Josh Allen and they keep uh, Peterman as the backup. Peterman gets to start over Josh Allen because Josh Allen's a rookie from uh, Wyoming and he's not ready to play. Peterman throws more interceptions. Ends up getting relegated to third string behind Matt Barkley and terrible. Gets released. Goes to the Oakland Raiders. Plays there in the 2019 season on a $600,000 contract. This is a dude who has never thrown for 3,000 yards in NFL. Never thrown more than 15 touchdowns in the NFL. But throws a lot of interceptions. Plays one year as a backup for the Los Angeles Raiders in 2019. The year that Jameis Winston throws for 5,000 yards, 33 touchdowns, second behind Lamar Jackson, and 30 interceptions. Jameis Winston gets released. No team will touch him until the end of free agency where Jameis Winston signs a one-year deal for $1.1 million. In that same year, Nathan Peterman got a one-year deal from the Los Angeles Raiders. You want to know how much money he made? $2 million. Why would that be? I'm just asking questions. I'm just putting it out there. I want you to think about that because what happens is people just want to go with, oh, wait, well, he threw all these up. He sucked. Is he better than Nathan Peterman? Then why isn't he being paid better than Nathan Peterman? Because of the perception. And this is something that's been going on for the, in the league for years, and I always have to bring this up because it's not just, I'm not, I'm not coming on here just to be, to be uh, just going at white people about this. I have to talk to black dudes about this stuff too. Jameis Winston is trash. Man, we got to stop doing that because what it does is it plays into the same perception that some of these scouts have been doing for years. The NFL didn't have a, a black quarterback really playing in their league till 1968. They didn't draft one in the first round until 1978. Hell, till 1948, the league was started in 1920. Until 1948, they had banned black players. So you telling me that this don't exist, this racial bias that happens with quarterbacks don't exist. Listen to me. I played quarterback as a kid. I, tr- I wanted to play quarterback my whole life growing up as a kid. I wanted to be Joe Montana. I wanted to be Randall Cunningham. I wanted to be Doug Williams. I went to play Pop Warner football, PAL football, police athletic leagues, what it used to be. And almost every team I played for until I got to eighth grade, they would not let me play quarterback, despite me being a better thrower than the guys they had playing. They pushed me to play running back. They pushed me to play wide receiver. Why? Well, you're fast and you're more athletic. We should have you out there doing this. One team, I remember I played for, uh, who was I playing? I was playing for the Centaurs. Quarterback, terrible. Couldn't throw the ball. I threw the ball better than him, ran better than him. Coach said, oh, well, we don't throw the football here, so, you know, you shouldn't really be a quarterback. I said, well, why wouldn't you have me be quarterback because then we could throw the football? Yeah, but, you know, know, we're a running team and our quarterback needs to run. Yeah, but I'm faster than that guy that you got playing quarterback, too. So then why wouldn't I play quarterback? Just get out there. That was the reasoning. And if you if it happened to me, imagine it happening around the country at people, people trying to play this position and constantly getting pushed to other things. Why? Because for the most part, black quarterbacks were thought of as inferior, not smart enough to play that position, not smart enough to lead the team. And hell, the impetus of it all came from back in the 1940s and the 60s, a whole team of white dudes wasn't going to listen to some black dude telling them what to do. So teams are just like, no, we ain't even going to have a black quarterback because we don't want to have that problem of people not wanting to listen to this guy paying a guy that people won't listen to. But as the game evolved and you started seeing that these dudes could actually play and the league could make money if they had exciting people in the league, they started giving them a chance to play. still, still. Having these you know uh assumptions that they really can't do it as well as another white guy would still paying them less doug williams <laughs> Doug Williams was playing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and was the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers making one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year. His backup was making more his backup making more than the starting quarterback, and then he went and asked them for uh, a raise, and they let him go. (laughs) As for a raise, as a starting quarterback, they let him go. He was out of football for a year, had to go to the USFL, and then the Washington Redskins, formerly the Washington Redskins, uh, Joe Gibbs used to be his offensive coordinator with the Buccaneers, brought him to the Redskins, and lo and behold, what happened? They won a damn Super Bowl. And you hear this stuff, like, and this is the things that we were hearing this year with with a Mac Jones, where he just processes so fast. And he he's just he gets the ball out so quick and he's just decision-making is top-notch. And you play that up against people like Justin Fields, where, oh, you know, he doesn't go through his reads. He just runs really, he he takes off too quick. It's all cold, man. And we gotta stop doing that stuff and start calling people out for it. give people the fair shake that they deserve let's stop hindering black quarterbacks because it's a it's a for me it's been an epidemic i've dealt with my entire life listening to it being around it and hearing it and seeing it and i call it for what it is whenever i see it whenever i hear it i'm gonna call it out so i have to do it on this damn show because it's important to me look back at geno smith geno smith drafted to the jets I believe he's a third round, third round, uh, I think it was a second round, second round pick out of Marshall. Geno Smith, no, West Virginia. Geno Smith gets there. Rookie year, has a good rookie year. Second year, regresses a little bit, throws up, I believe he threw 13 interceptions. His third year, he got into a fight in the locker room with somebody, and I think he broke his jaw, and never got to play again. Throwing on the scrap heap. This dude, arm, talented arm, gets thrown to the dogs after a a, a year of barely even being able to play. 13 interceptions, Geno Smith is thought of as trash. But why? We don't extend the same opportunity to grow and get better that we would the the non-black quarterback. So I'm just asking y'all, when you watch these games and when you hear these people talking on Twitter and you hear all this stuff, go deeper than just, oh, he's trash or he's not good or "or he, he processes really fast and he's smarter than this guy. No, man. Actually listen, read between the lines, and actually have a real conversation about it. Because Jameis is the case study for black quarterback getting trashed for— for, for having a bad year, not even a bad year. He had a bad statistical category, and then was relegated to a million-dollar-a-year player. And this year, he signed a one-year deal that's worth up to twelve million dollars, but the base salary is five. Starting quarterback in the NFL making five million dollars, hopefully twelve. When guys like Mike Glennon are signing three-year contracts with the Bears back when Colin Kaepernick couldn't get a sniff in the league, Mike Glennon, who was terrible with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mike Glennon, the reason why Jameis Winston went to the Buccaneers because he was so terrible, they couldn't win any damn games. Gets a three-year, 20, $30-some-odd million dollar contract. But Jameis Winston, number one overall pick, rookie of the year, 5,000 yards, 33 touchdowns, is playing on a one-year and then a five-year contract. Ask yourself why that is. Let's do better, man. Be back after the break. Ben Simmons just said that he does not want to return to the Philadelphia 76ers and would like to be traded. And right now, every GM in the NBA is jumping for joy and dancing because Ben Simmons just lowered the price on the package. (laughs) Ben Simmons just killed all leverage the Sixers had, will have, or ever did have. Right? It is gone. He said he wants out. Now, every team is coming to get him for a bag of chips. Every team that wants that Ben Simmons is coming and they're offering the low low. Because why? Because they know that they got to trade him. They've got to trade him. And who do I blame for this debacle? The same dude who, who, who messed up the Clippers, even though I hate the Clippers, I don't care if they was messed up. I'm blaming the same dude that messed up the Clippers, Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers got there and this team that was almost in the in the in the Eastern Conference finals uh what 2 years ago has two all-NBA players on the team and Ben Simmons Joel Embiid they got uh 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 Ty, Tobias Harris this year Doc Rivers comes there and they can't make it out of the second round lose to the Atlanta Hawks in the second round of the playoffs why because Doc Rivers got Danny Green trying to cover Trey Young in game one. That's a game they lost. Doc Rivers got Ben Simmons out there not, not making him be a post player. Okay? Got, got Embiid and Simmons, both of them, and one of them is out there in the perimeter. Ben Simmons is in the perimeter while, while Embiid is down low. What use is that? You've got to use these dudes better. Hell, Paul George said said as much when, 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 uh, when Doc was on his way out. He didn't know how to use us right. And you saw that happen with the Sixers. And, so, and then after the series was over, Doc Rivers goes up on the podium at the press conference, and they're asking him, do you think Ben Simmons can be a, uh, a championship uh, point guard for this team? And he says, I, I don't know. I don't know. Lost him. Lost him. Joel Embiid throws Ben Simmons under the bus because he, he passed up on a shot when Joel Embiid couldn't get a bucket in the fourth quarter to save his life in two of the games that they could have won to advance. Of course, Ben Simmons ain't coming back from that. And you got the whole city of Philadelphia, you know, they going in on Ben Simmons. Boo, get him up out of here. Yo, be careful what you wish for. That is an all-NBA talent. The dude is 24 years old. You are not going to find anybody on his level that you're going to trade for now with the leverage that you just lost. The only trade that is still possible, I believe is Dame Lillard from Portland to Philly, because those are two teams who know they're trading a star for a star and need for a need. Nobody else has the star level to trade that would give Philly an equal trade with Ben Simmons. Nobody else is going to trade. No, nobody else right now has is in position to trade. Everybody else thinks that they're on their way to a championship or they're close. None of those teams are trading their star players right now. And nobody else has the talent to trade. Like the New York Knicks, they're not on the way to a championship, but they don't have anybody on that roster that is close to a Ben Simmons to trade. Nobody the only player that could be traded because he's on a team that's going nowhere is Dame Lillard. So I think that Ben just destroyed the leverage that Philly might've had, but I think he put Philly and uh, and Portland in a box to where this is the only trade really that can happen now. I don't know. In some places they call me a uh, Negro Domus, but I might be right on this one. Let's wait and see. So, Kevin, do you watch high school football? Uh, some of the local stuff, maybe not, not often. Oh man, I'm a i am I love high school football because I love seeing these young dudes who are on their way to getting scholarships and just seeing how they're developing and what they're gonna do when they get to the next level. And ESPN does a good job of this. They they play um. They do their their high school showcases where they have these high school games and it's usually before the college football season starts. So we kind of get a glimpse of the next college football stars and a couple of games that happen. Uh, And there is a team called IMG Academy that is basically a boarding school for dope athletes around the country. Uh, they get the best basketball players that come there, the best football players, uh, man, uh, baseball, everything. IMG is is like a campus. It's a boarding school that people send their kids to to basically just be athletes. And on Sunday, uh, IMG, which is ranked number two in the nation, they played Bishop Sycamore. Have you ever heard of Bishop Sycamore? Uh, Kevin? I had not until this story. Yes. Uh, Bishop Sycamore is out of Columbus, Ohio. And uh, they weren't really ranked. So uh, don't know how they got on ESPN to play this game. Well, actually, we are learning how they got on ESPN to play this game. Uh, because ESPN hires a marketing group that actually selects who gets to play in these games. The marketing group is called Paragon Marketing Group. And they uh, did the scheduling for the Geico uh, ESPN high school football kickoff, right? Not ESPN. ESPN wants to make sure you know they did not do the hiring. They did not figure out who's going to be on this game. Paragon Marketing Group did the game. And so they put up Bishop Sycamore out of Columbus, Ohio. Only problem is Bishop Sycamore is not a real high school. Bishop Sycamore don't even really have real high school players. (laughs) Bishop Sycamore got a bunch of dudes who are JUCO dropouts. And if you watch the game, Bishop Sycamore got a bunch of dudes who share an equipment. There's a clip where one dude comes off the field, takes his helmet off, hands it to another dude. Another dude puts a helmet on and goes out to play the game. How did this happen? Well, IMG is pretty damn dope, right? So nobody ever wants to play IMG. So when somebody decides to say, yo, we will come play them, we'll play them. Uh, uh, Paragon was like, oh yes, okay, finally we got somebody we can throw IMG on TV we got somebody who will play against them boom, however, Paragon decided that they would forego Google checks they decided that they wasn't going to jump on Yahoo they wasn't going to do nothing, they wasn't going to bing they wasn't going to do nothing, they were just going to throw them up there because Bishop Sycamore, coach said yo, we got uh, top 300 uh, athletes on our squad we from Columbus, Ohio. The coach's name was uh, Roy Johnson. And I got to tell you, Kevin, as much as I talk about white privilege, white privilege, I believe this might be the one instance of black privilege being enacted <laughs> in the world. They just, they just heard of this school, Bishop Sycamore, and saw some brothers because they played them last year too. They saw some big brothers, some black dudes. They thought, hey, man, they must be all right. Let's just throw them out there. They gave them the benefit of the doubt. And, boy, this is just turning into a mess. 58 to nothing is what happened to Bishop Sycamore. They got rolled by IMG. Just rolled. But then we find out more details about Bishop Sycamore, whose head coach is Roy Johnson. And, uh... He just got fired actually today. They fired him after this whole thing has been going on. He got fired today after it was revealed he had an active uh, warrant for his arrest and he was facing a civil lawsuit for alleged fraud. Fraud. Go figure. Right? (laughs) He got it. And and I'm not even mad at the brother. Yo, I'm saying, hey, man, he pulled the wool over Paragon, pulled the wool over ESPN. More power to him. He got over. He came up real quick on some national notoriety, although he might be going to jail now because the warrant is out there, and he, he was on TV looking like he wasn't even worried about nothing. He was drinking water, drinking Gatorade, just chilling. My man should be, uh, he should be out here winning the Oscars. Andre Peterson, who was the founder of the school, as well as an assistant coach. So now Andre Peterson is the one who fired Roy Johnson, but he was also a coach on this team who, get this, Kevin, played two games. In a three-day three day span, they play two football games in three days. Andre Peterson is the, uh, is the founder of this school, founder and director of the school. He's also the assistant coach for the football team, and he didn't think it was weird that they played three, two games in three days, but after all this stuff is coming out about Roy Johnson, he decided to fire him saying, yo, you know, I just don't really like the way that he was scheduling. What are you talking about? You, you run the team! You run the school. And if you go to the Bishop Sycamore website for the school, it does not look like a website, Kevin. It is a blog. It's a blog where they basically talk about how to get recruited. Andre Peterson, the founder and director, says that the kids come to a a facility and they bring their laptops and that's where they do their schooling. This is probably the funniest thing I've seen in, in years, Kevin. I cannot believe that ESPN was duped like this. And there's people who are mad. I was watching a couple of shows last night. I can't believe that ESPN would put these kids there. What was ESPN doing? Yo, ESPN don't give a damn about these high school kids, man. They just try to put some t- something on the airwaves. You think ESPN is sitting there going through Google looking for all these players? Oh, uh, this guy's a top 100 recruit. Man, they don't care. They just want something to be on the air from 5 to 8 p.m. So y'all keep watching. And they know people want to see IMG. And they know they want to see, people want to see IMG, IMG win some games. That's it. So why are we mad? Find the jokes in this. I find it hilarious that this dude was on national TV with a warrant out for his arrest, drinking Gatorade, coaching a team that don't exist. And how? Can somebody answer this to me? So he got fired uh, from Bishop Sycamore. But how the hell you get fired from a team in a school that don't even exist? How? (laughs) Make it make sense to me. How do you get fired on essentially your day off? Boy, the Internet is undefeated. Undefeated. And now, Kevin, have you seen uh, people talking about Cam Newton about to sign with Bishop Sycamore? (laughs) <laughs> Cam Newton gonna be the starting quarterback for Bishop Singapore and somebody had a, a picture of Cam Newton and uh, and they had a, a piece of paper that said I am 18 <laughs> yo dog this is hilarious please stop being so upset and just find the humor in this crazy story and hopefully uh, Roy Johnson got a GoFundMe going because uh, he might be in a place where ain't nowhere to run that's been our show this week. I am Reggie Watkins. You're listening to. I'm probably right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, leave us a comment. Don't be hating. Thank you so much, Kevin Cleveland, for running the boards, engineering the show. Appreciate you. We see y'all next week. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time.